Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Our guest today, Nicole Rousseau, has been in the real estate business for eight years. She started as a part-time agent selling on her mother's real estate team back in 2010. And after taking a break for a remarkable career opportunity in the corporate world, she came back to real estate in 2015. Her areas of expertise are sales, training, and real estate. When her father and EXP board of directors member, Jean Frederick, joined EXP Realty in 2015, she went into real estate full-time, working with Jean to help grow EXP Realty. Since joining the company in 2015, the agent count has grown from roughly 400 agents nationally to now over 15,000. Nicole currently resides in Dallas, Texas with her husband and two children where her residual income-driven lifestyle, thanks to EXP, allows her to enjoy an incredible work-life balance and spend lots of time with her family. Now, let's welcome Nicole to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. So, Nicole, thank you very much for being on our podcast today. I certainly appreciate it. And you are one of the agents, uh, one of the folks that was recommended to us to interview um, as part of our interview series we're doing for EXP Realty. And uh, you and I were just talking uh, post the show, pre, uh, before the show, in our virtual green room. And it, I, uh, I hadn't realized that I'd met you before. How stupid of me for not realizing that. <laughs> so I apologize for that little faux on my part. Um, so no let's just let's just let's just jump right in. You're actively involved with EXP on the agent attraction side of things, and um, I want all of our listeners to understand that one of the top, I would say, three questions as the economy has started to shift and the housing market started to shift has been about brokerage. We get this question all the time from our podcast listeners. Um, you know, how do I go about renegotiating with my broker? I hadn't made the money I thought I was going to make in you know this year. Or, I want to make sure that next year, if I'm anticipating slower sales, because I already see my days in the market's going to be a little bit protracted, how do I go about making sure I don't lose personal income? How do I negotiate? You know, all these types of questions. And a lot of people are feeling, agents are feeling overwhelmed and stressed out because of the fact that they feel like maybe their brokerage isn't keeping up with the times as far as, um, you know, all the technology changes and they're fearful of iBuyers. All these questions. You must be absolutely avalanche with these questions every day from all these agents that are exploring EXP. What would you say the number one reason why agents are attracted to EXP? Um, I'd say the number one. There's several reasons, you know. um, There's several reasons. If I can put it in just the the most plain way possible, it is an opportunity to change your life unlike any other brokerage model could. And it is on the forefront of technology. It is on the forefront of the way the world is working. It's a, what I, when I look at EXP, it's literally disrupting the way that standard, you know, the standard way, the franchise model that we're currently kind of inundated with normally with, with, with brokerage models out there. It is truly changing the way things are done. Um, so I think when, when agents look at EXP and they really look at the things that are so much more agent-centric, and agent focus, what I mean by that is it's no longer top down. It's no longer 
brokers in charge and, and the agents almost feel like they're really subject to all the rules that the broker makes. A lot of their money is going to that broker and, 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 and all of those things. This model has completely changed it to where agents own it. Agents now have ownership in the model. So they're, they're, that's, I think, is one thing. It's on the forefront of technology and, and lead generation through the Internet, which we know a lot of times, you know, you go to your sphere and, and you go to your past clients, but where are new leads coming in? Where can somebody go for, for new leads if maybe they haven't been in the business for too long? And we know that buyers and sellers now are going to the Internet. And how can you get a piece of that? Well, EXP is very on top of that because the guy who, who started us, Glenn Sanford, that's how he built his business from – you know, the times when he first got in, he was all about how, how can I work the Internet? And so he's, he's really created a way that we all get an amazing platform to use. So that's there for the agents, you know, for, for lead so, generation so, purposes. But mm-hmm. EXP, what surprised me is I've watched EXP for the past year. And EXP started this year with, you'll know these numbers way better than I have, uh, 5,500 mm-hmm. agents or something, and ending the year with yeah. closing in on 20,000. And that's and if you're listening to this mm-hmm. in the future, guys, this is 2018, November of 2018. So I'm sure if you're listening to this two years from now, if the numbers are, are massively increased over those numbers. But just that track record in such a short period of time alone, you have to have learned. And I want our listeners to understand because I'm learning too as I ask you these questions, right? So a newer agent is attracted to EXP. Why? Why would a new agent be interested in EXP? A couple of things. I think number one, because because of the the, the, the uh, lead generation platform KV Core that is given to us, most of the time if you're if you're going to start your business or you join another brokerage, you're paying for that somehow. You're paying in the upwards of five hundred, six hundred dollars a month to get a platform like that. And what it is is a CRM and lead generation platform, and, uh, and EXP is negotiated with KB Core to include that um, with our monthly tech fee um, of only $50. So uh, that's a pretty powerful lead generation platform. Not only that, is, not only that, EXP has now created a really robust mentor program for a new agent getting into real estate. Because we know, you know, you go to school, you go to real estate school, you get out of school, they don't really teach you how to be an effective business person they teach you you know the laws and contracts and that kind of thing but you you're really kind of a deer in the headlights when you get out of school right um so to have somebody there that is is there to teach you the business to actually teach you how to get leads and that kind of thing and 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 uh the mentor program that we they've created at exp is very robust and does take somebody that is new and teach them how to be an effective real estate agent um so i think those two things are huge as well as when you're comparing models if you're looking at a model that gives you ownership, stock, and ways that you can you can earn stock, and you look at the history of that stock and what it's done over the past few years, and then you also look, oh wait, what if I what if I can also attract other agents? If I can attract other agents and they also give me, you know, really revenue for that every month, then I'm not solely dependent on just um, you know buyers and sellers. And I think that's attractive even to newer agents who get it. Okay, I'm sure many of you at this point are somewhat curious about eXp. It's something that seems to be on everyone's mind. eXp is obviously one of the fastest-growing real estate brokerages in the history of real estate. Um, I'm going to save you the effort of having to do a lot of Googling and a lot of research. We've prepared a video for you. All you have to do is text the word eXp, that's it, just text the word eXp to 31996. Go ahead and do that now. Text the word eXp. 
well, is that a word or are those letters? I think they're letters. Just text the letters EXP the 31996, and you're going to be sent a link, and you can watch a quick seven-minute video that EXP has provided so that you can get all your questions answered about EXP and take your um, – you know, decide if you want to pursue the opportunity any further. I have to say in all of our years in real estate, EXP is probably the thing that is going to be the biggest, I think, change agent, if you want to call it that, for real estate agents. There's a lot of talk about technology companies, a lot of talk about, you know, different CRMs and lead generators and all this Mickey Mouse, but nothing that I've seen, Julie and I have seen in the past couple decades, will have as much impact in a positive way uh, on agents' ability to actually accumulate real wealth more so than EXP. It's just a fantastic business model. Seriously consider texting the word EXP to 31996. Well, but, so let's let's take a step back, a half step back. You mentioned the technology, and I wrote some notes down, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong on any of these things because, again, I was researching all this for these interviews I'm doing for you guys. And uh -huh. I was kind of blown away by the stuff that EXP gives to agents techno uh, technology-wise. And I was thinking in terms of, um, like, how much is an agent right now? This is just a rhetorical question for myself, right? So how much do agents right, right now spend per month on CRMs? How much do agents right now spend on KD Core? How much do agents spend right now on Commissions Inc. if they're using it? How much do agents spend on all the other little, you know, technological must-haves that all agents sort of, you know, whip their credit card out with without really thinking about whether they need it? A lot of agents, and, and I was adding up how much I thought the average new agent spends or, or is pressured to spend, and this is without any paid lead generation. This is just core business stuff. I bet you easily mm -hmm. the average agent spends $1,000 a month. And if they want to, and, yeah. and this is what really surprised me about what you guys were doing. Let me let me look at my notes here. So how much, da, 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 da. okay, I was looking at the cost of these uh, KV Core, and it's $1,000 to start and $600 per month if you're not an EXP agent. So that's 8200 a year. And correct me if I'm wrong. And this one really blew me away. Commissions Inc. If you're just a normal agent and you want to uh, subscribe to Commissions Inc., it's nineteen thousand dollars per year. So just between those yeah. two things, it's thirty thousand dollars per year that EXP is giving to agents. It's like a fifty dollar a month tech fee. Did I read all that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. And so when I was just thinking about the, you know the value to new agents. Pretty much that's a home run right there is that they will make it so that they can actually keep a lot more of their money and not have to be spending all their money on the things that normal new agents are able to spend. Uh, now, Absolutely. let's talk about – so the stock, um, mm -hmm. agent-owned, that's one of those things that I think a lot of people uh, are confused about, or at least when you look at, for example, some of the other uh, models out there that talk about, oh, we have this profit share model or whatever, whatever, but EXP – well, you pick it up from there. I mean, you're the expert at this. I mean, explain to them EXP yeah. is uh, trade, traded on NASDAQ. I mean, like I said, I'm just learning all of this. No, yeah, we are traded on NASDAQ. That happened um, in this past year. Uh, and, and even before that, just the increase in which our stock, like when I first joined, let's just say three and a half years ago, we were trading at under 40 cents a share. And if you look at it today, of course, like most stocks we've had are, you know, peaks and valleys. But today, I believe we're trading somewhere around $12 a share. And um, I can just give uh, a quick, you know, anecdotal story of mine. When, we, when I first got into it, I was making a, a pretty big transition. I was selling real estate part-time, but I was, also, um, I was also, you know, in the corporate world making a pretty decent salary. 
And when EXP came along, I was like, okay, this is my this is my exit strategy outside of out of corporate and into full time, you know, more entrepreneurial real estate. And um, because I was only selling part time on my mom's team at the time, and what I was able to do because I really did believe in this model, and I, I saw I kind of just you know through whatever grace of God, whatever you want to call it, was able to see this could really be, this could be something. This could be the Netflix. This could be the Amazon. And I was able to take a portion of my 401k that I had from corporate corporate world, and I invested it into EXP. That was, you know, $20,000, let's call it. And I invested it at under 40 cents a share. Well, if you do the math on that now, you know, we're trading at about $12 a share. I have to look to get the exact number, but somewhere around $12 a share. And um, it's just amazing what it's done. But that's just for, that could happen, that could have been anybody, right? But what EXP has done is said, you know, as an agent, we're going to give you stock awards. So anytime you have your first closing every year, you get an allotment of shares. It's it's really important that we drill down on this because this is another one of those things. When I was, was first researching all this, thinking of the questions to ask you guys, I came across this, and I said, that cannot be right. And then I drilled down more, and you guys sent me a lot of information preparing me for these interviews, but I was blown away. You Tell them all the different ways that they are literally uh, – they receive stock awards. Tell them all – the listeners all the way that they receive ownership in the company and how they receive it. Okay. Yes, and what makes this, in my mind, too, so amazing is that this is these are things that you don't really have to go out of your way to do. You get it for just – doing things that you might do at your past brokerage, only now you're getting stock for it. So first way is on your first closing every single year, you get a stock award. And I can talk specific amounts if you'd like, but that, those amounts do change as we grow an agent yep. count. Um, so right now, for example, we're over 15,000 agents today. And that just happened, I believe, this past week. And, and, and now, anytime on your first transaction, you're getting 35 shares. So that happens every single year first closing. So that's just one way. Um, the second way is if you, you attract an agent. So if you recruit or attract an agent um, and, it, you know, you, they're your friend, you want to tell them how great EXP is, you bring them on over, you get, a, you get an award for that as well. And I believe right now, I'd have to look if it changed when we hit 15,000 agents, but I believe that's 75 shares. And then your third way is if you cap. So EXP Realty has a cap. We're all on an 80-20 split. When your 20% paid in is $16,000 annually, when you've hit that $16,000, you're at 100% commission, and that's what is, is a cap. So many people in real estate are familiar with that. Once you do that, you also get an award. Right now, I believe that's 75 shares. So those are just so three. You're, you're, Nicole, you're describing this ICON program, and I was about to ask you about that. So uh, mm -hmm. can you talk about the ICON program specifically? Because that's something – so j you just sure. said a couple things. I want, I want to break it down for everyone. So you have um, – most brokerages are on some kind of commission split, right, 80-20, 90-10, whatever mm -hmm. it is, whatever. Uh, but what EXP allows you to do is once you've paid in 16000 which is your cap, no matter where your market is, no matter what your price range is, doesn't matter, it's $16,000, and once you, and correct me if I'm wrong, and once you've paid in that amount of money, then you're on 100% commission effectively, but not only that, but you qualify, you have to sell, I think it's an additional 20 units, right, and then you qualify mm -hmm. to be an icon, and then they, they uh, you get the stock, you get your 16000 back in the form of a stock award. Did I describe all that correctly? Yes, yeah. oh, that good. is correct. 
<laughs> yeah, you, you, good job. <laughs> you got it all right. Um, you get 16000 after that 20th transaction, after the cap, you get $16,000 back in stock. And you can, a fourth of that right away, so 4000 is yours. You can sell it, trade it, whatever you want to do. Um, right away is yours. And then the remaining um, vests in three years. But you have the ability to to become that icon status every single year. Um, so you, I, the other thing I wrote down is just agent stock purchase. So agents can purchase stock at, if I read this mm-hmm. correctly, at a discount. Is that correct? Just That's straight correct. up purchase it. And wow. Straight up purchase it. But what's amazing about this? Okay, so it's completely optional. But if you do opt in, I always recommend agents opting in because if you opt in, five percent of all your commission checks will be used to purchase EXP stock, but at a twenty percent discount. So they take the average trading price of the previous thirty-day period. And you get to buy that at already a discount. So immediately, and that's no, there's no vest on that, right? No, there's, you own can, that outright. That, see, mm-hmm. that's that's crazy to me. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. So, listeners, let, let me explain this. All right. Let's, so, let's say we're just going to make up numbers, right? So, let's say mm-hmm. you buy a share of EXP stock for twenty bucks. You can um, then uh, you're going to get a twenty percent discount, and you're, they're allowing you to invest up to five percent of your total commissions. So then you get a twenty percent discount when you buy it. So you're not paying, you know, twenty bucks for it. You're paying sixteen bucks for it. The EXP allows you to then to sell that stock right away. There's no amount of time you have to hold it, and so you can literally make money off the stock by just by selling it right away. But I'm sure most people are keeping it because. I mean, you know, this is like the fastest growing real estate brokerage in the history of brokerages. I think, Nicole, yeah. I read actually that EXP is now the fifth largest brokerage in the world. That's amazing. Yes, amazing. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen anything like this in the past two decades that Julie and I have been paying attention to real estate. I mean, it is, it is nuts. I remember when Keller Williams came around back in the 90s, and they were talking about just different things they were talking about. But the one thing that um, – and we we actually – we'd been we'd considered buying a region. We considered buying offices. We'd considered, you know, all kinds of involvement with them. You know, great mm-hmm. people over at Keller Williams, no doubt. But the one thing I never particularly liked was the profit share model. And we're not going to talk about profit, profit share versus revenue share. But effectively, mm-hmm. and again, correct me if I'm wrong, the difference is, is that – and we're going to move to the revenue model because that's unbelievable. The difference is, is that – well, you know what? I'm not going to. I'm not an expert at this, and Nicole is. So, Nicole, can you tell the listeners about how the revenue share model works? Absolutely. So, this was a biggie for me uh, coming over. Um, I had seen the, the profit share. I won't. I won't go into comparisons, but I had seen that change some people's lives. But looking at this, the, the 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 major thing about revenue share is that you're taking from the top. So, you know, in business, we have revenue, and we have expenses, and we have profit. And effectively, you know, what number would you want to share? Well, if you're sharing from the top, a couple things happen. You're sharing off of a a big number. You're sharing off of a number that is not variable um, against expenses, right? And and you're sharing a number that you can – I can effectively say, okay, if if I attract or recruit this person and their production is X, I will make this amount as a share of that revenue, as a reward for attracting them, right? And so I can almost set goals based on the revenue that I want to make by building my organization. And it's, it's a very, I mean, I can go through the numbers. Like, for example, on, on a, a first level, meaning I directly attract them, they sign up and they list me as the person that's responsible for bringing them to EXP. It's $2,800 and up to $2,800 annually of revenue share off of that first person. 
And that, you know, so so that amount, you know, if you think about it, of that 16000 that they're paying into EXP, 2800 of that goes to the person that attracted them to the model. Well, so let, let me level off there because this mm-hmm. is something I was, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much the, uh, a slow learner, right? So I didn't understand mm-hmm. the difference between profit share and revenue share, but you're explaining it as plainly as it, and I still didn't hear it when I first heard that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat this. So listeners, some of you are involved in brokerages where there's profit share, and the problem with profit share ultimately is you don't control the profit that the broker decides to share. That's pretty much the simplest mm-hmm. way for me to explain it. What, what yeah. EXP has done, and I don't know, I mean, this is just completely a rule changer, is the revenue sharing. So Nicole just said when an agent caps, okay, when they pay in their $16,000, not every agent will, but you still get a uh, decreasing uh, percent of whatever they pay in. So if they don't pay in um, 16000 if they don't cap, but they only cap for, you know, if they only pay in 8000 or whatever, you still get revenue share off what they pay in. But the difference mm-hmm. between profit share and revenue share, see, I've done my homework, <laughs> is that uh, revenue share does not is not dependent on the broker's ability to manage a business, on the region's profitability. It's not dependent on anything. It's 100 uh, percent tied to nothing other than what the agent paid in. It's not diluted, and it it doesn't it isn't diluted either. You could, for example, if you you're listening to this, it's five years from now, and you're listening to this, and you want to join EXP. The profit or the revenue share model will work, I'm assuming, the same way. There will be no dilution of it. So there's no, there's no disadvantage when you become an EXP agent. But I will say it's fascinating to me. I've seen more and more emails, people joining our coaching programs, just all the communications I get. I keep on seeing exprealty.com, exprealty.com. As far as the revenue share uh, model goes, there is um, – I don't know if you you're probably versed on this, but as far as describing yeah. the different how the financial ramifications, let's just do you have an example or a story you oh can tell? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know. Life this is where it gets crazy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how big do you want? Okay, so uh, exactly. Because <laughs> some of the stories are literally unbelievable, um, but I will say just a very the story that I that I would would tell even somebody but they have a big real estate business going on they almost think to themselves that all sounds great with the revenue share but how am i going to dedicate time to make that happen you know i'm busy up to my nose in 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 real estate transactions i can, i can hardly you know spend, think of spending any more time on trying to even improve that how am i going to make that happen and um so i i talk about something that i think is really doable for even a busy person a busy person who's who's spending a lot of time on their their business if you can get the way this model is is set up, if you can get even six cappers, so six productive agents, right? They're paying in their cap um, in your first level, and, and help them each bring one. And now, what I've seen, I can tell you, and what I mean when I say each bring one, you're also getting paid on levels below you. So you're getting paid on on people that your front level bring on, and and then the then the next level it goes down seven levels. If most people are kind of familiar with this, but if you can at least get six people, I'll help you get you know one. And what I've seen is it's not a one to one ratio. And and nev- invariably every single time I've seen, whenever somebody brings six, they're going to have more than six over the course of the next like six months. You're going to have more than six in your second level. But let's just say for you know to be conservative, you've got six on your front line and six. On your second line, meaning on average, each of those six people brought one. Now, typically, 
maybe each of those six people, maybe one of them brings three, right? And then a couple of other bring one or two, and then a couple bring none. But let's just say it's six and six. Well, if you're able to do that, that's 16800 on uh, you're getting paid on that front line and 19200 that you're getting paid on the next line because you get paid 3200 per agent on the second line, giving you an income and revenue share of $36,000 annually if those agents, of course, cap. You know, if they don't cap, then, you know, you still get paid a percentage off of, of what they're actually paying to EXP. They're half capper, for example, in your front line instead of instead – of, uh, um, 2800 you're paying you're getting paid 20 uh sorry instead of 2800 you're getting paid 1400 right so um but just on six and six you could change your life thirty six thousand dollars could change your life um i could you know i could give you a bigger story tim if you if you want a bigger story than well that. i know I, um, but I, I, I all right so i'm going to remind all of you you want to text the word exp to 31996 go ahead and do that now and you'll be uh, texted back a link of, for a seven-minute video that answers all your questions about eXp. So go ahead and do that now. Text the word eXp to 31996. Takes two seconds, and uh, yeah, we'll text you back with the video. You can just watch it and uh, have all your questions answered. Here's the mm -hmm. thing, listeners, I want you just to get clear in your heads, and this is really, frankly, what convinced me to do this series of interviews with these guys, is that our mission's always been, as longtime listeners will attest, to give these guys, Nicole, no BS information about what actually is working in real estate. We're not big proponents of buying leads. We're not big proponents of running unprofitable teams. We really drill down on these guys constantly to do what they don't want to do, and they don't want to do it at the highest level, because we know, ultimately, the only way for them to ever have any sense of financial freedom and to, quote-unquote, be rich – where their money works for them and they no longer have to work for their money, is they have to run profitable businesses. And running profitable businesses in real estate is becoming uh, – it's, it's a challenge. I mean, most brokerages listeners, in case you haven't heard us say this, if you're listening for the first time, most brokerages make less than 10% before tax profit. Uh, I'm sorry, make less than 3% before tax profit. Most teams make only 7 or 8%. So these big um, – producers, even these big brokerages you think that are making all this money, they're probably not. They're probably not making as much money as the top producer in the office. And so what that results in, especially when we're in a market shift like what we're experiencing now, is you're going to see a lot of agents and brokerages experience some undue, very harsh financial realities. And it's, it scares mm -hmm. me for you guys. So the thing that ultimately gives you a sense of freedom and accomplishment is passive income. And that's ultimately, again, if you guys read our book, Harris Rules, number one bestseller on Amazon, we're always asking all of you to run profitable businesses so you can reinvest it in you know, primarily rental properties. Why rental properties? Because it's a proven model to build passive wealth. So I'm having a conversation the other day <laughs> with uh, one of the folks I'm interviewing, and this person had a ton of rental properties, all of which were paid off, and they're selling. And I asked why they were selling them, and they said because they're making more money with virtually no hassle from their EXP revenue share than they were from the rental properties. And even though they had two property managers, they didn't want to screw around with the rental properties anymore. They were selling them yeah. all. I didn't ask what they were doing with the money. Because, the, because, again, the time required to increase the revenue share from EXP was just nothing compared to what it was required to manage the rental property portfolio. This is a paradigm changer for your humble host and his wife, but it's also a paradigm changer for the industry because this creates an opportunity for real estate practitioners to actually create passive income doing what you just normally do. And Nicole said, 
you know, you track six agents and you, you know, they'll attract the, well, so here's what happens. And this is again, Nicole, what I've heard is that somebody mm-hmm. who's at, you know, some big brand brokerage and they switch, they get agents asking them, what the heck is this EXP? I've heard about it. I've read about it. And so you have agents that will call you and ask you about it. Um, and there, generally speaking, that's where you're going to find most of the people that you can sponsor. So it's not a difficult thing to find agents that are, that are interested in some of the things that Nicole shared with all of you guys today. So, I mean, I'm, right. I'm genuinely excited because this is really something that will change agents' lives in a very profound way. Uh, Probably the most profound way. It gives them passive income. It gives them financial. Sec- I mean, look, I don't. This is your interview, but I would, this thought: What if listeners, you had money coming in every single month from your real estate transactions, and that paid your bills, and all the EXP revenue share money you had coming in went to fun, went to paying off debt, went to going on yeah. vacation, went to doing the things you want to do, and then the stock that you got goes to your retirement. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have, you want to tell yeah. a really big crazy story? You can go for it if you have one. I know you do. Okay, I do. I mean, mine is mine's pretty um, amazing. I I can tell mine, but um, but I kind of prefer. You, Nicole, share. Yeah. Okay, so mine mine mine. Um, when we first started this, it was it was literally EXP who. So listeners, I don't know if you might know the name Gene Frederick, but he's my dad. And, um, and it was, he sat me down at the dining room table and he shows me this model and he was like, are you with me? And I was like, I'm with you. I, I went and quit my corporate job. I was ready to go in, you know, um, full speed ahead to EXP recruiting and, uh, EXP agent attraction as well as, you know, selling some deals here and there. Um, but I, I understood what this meant. I understood the passive income, and, and I had a really great leader. So um, he kind of he was able to train me on things I needed to do and things I needed to say, and and he was just like, go just go get five people really quick. And and so I did. I got five people pretty quick. And my method, I didn't have a huge network of, of real estate agents. So what do you do? Well, I need to meet them. I'm making phone calls. I'm doing things that typically people don't want to do, and I think that's pretty much key in any any business that you're in. If if, if I know that I can, I'm I'm going to do things that people don't like, that people don't want to do, and sometimes that's making a phone call here and there, or whatever that looks like. I know I can kind of get ahead, so that's always just been my mentality in business. And and so in doing that, I got five people that I didn't know really quick, and um, and from there. You know, and then he's like, "Okay, let's help them get people." So I started building with them, and and um, and and to this day, I'm still working with those first five very, very, very closely, and they're the five that are pretty much driving my entire downline. Um, well, after that, you know, I, I kind of slowed down a little bit on my own because I, I had some personal things going on. I moved across the state. I got married. I had a baby, but I had already made enough income to where. Um, you know, I'm a. I had already made enough income that paid my bills. Let's just say that in, in in revenue share to where I was able to do that. I was able to take time off, get married, have a honeymoon, pay for that honeymoon, um, go have a baby. Well, at this point, uh, about June of this year, I was like, let's kick it into gear um, again, right? And uh, and I did, and started making more phone calls, meeting more agents, and um, let's just say this. And it's not. This is kind of doable, I think, for anybody. Right, I wasn't the big producer that came from a brokerage that could make an announcement on social media and tell all their friends that I was leaving my brokerage and and, and have a bunch of people ask why. I, I kind of was more of I'm starting from scratch. I need to build relationships. I need to make some phone calls. Let's do this. 
So anybody could really do this is, is kind of the take-home message there. But now I have about 15 on my front line and, and um, about 240 in my total organization, and I'm making over six figures just in revenue share. Well, so, you're making more than you're making more than just over six figures. People think a hundred thousand. Yeah. You're making way more than that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm making more than that, and um, <laughs> um, and it varies month to month. It varies month to month. But do my dad, Gene Gene Frederick, his is so unbelievable that <laughs> I really I don't even know if I should share the actual numbers. But let's just say um, let let's let's just say if if he wanted to buy a new car every month, a brand new car every month, he could. You know, it's 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 really it's it's a game changer for them. They've gone and they bought vacation homes and. Um, go, they go on trips all the time, and, and, and you know he works his, his tail off for what he's got. But it is it's a, just a game changer, a life changer. Um, uh, yeah. So you take mine, and he makes what I make annually, monthly. He makes that. he and makes what some. you make. He makes what Nicole. If I don't, if this might sound rude, but he makes what you make no. in a half month. That's correct. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. he makes what you make in half of one month. That's how much – because mm-hmm. he told me what he's doing because he's one of the people we're interviewing. And uh, it is it is phenomenal. But I, I'm going to go back to so we can keep this practical for everyone. I love what you said. Sure. Everyone can do this. You said mm-hmm. you personally on your front line have a total of how many people? It's actually dipped a, it's actually dipped a little bit. It's 13. Um, it was at 15. It's dipped to 13. That happens. So, um, but I have people in the in the lines that are coming through. So I imagine I'll be up above fifteen pretty quickly here. Um, okay. But yeah. The, and and you, and you were not. And I like what you said. Again, everyone can do this. So you're not some. You were not some big, huge, like everyone knows your name type agent. Um, you were somebody <laughs> that was. You were selling a modest number of homes. It wasn't your full time focus. You had a corporate job, like you said. So for uh-huh. you to recruit fifteen agents, what is the I, just like the question I wrote down is why would somebody say no? When you speak to an agent for you or just in general when you're at an event or just running into people, why would mm-hmm. why would an agent say I'm not interested? Explain to me where the logic is and, and not at least seriously considering EXP. I really think the biggest thing that I run into is that they're happy with where they are. And, and, and a lot of times people either have the opportunistic growth mindset or they don't. And, and some people don't like change. And so the biggest thing is, is even if what I'm telling you is, is amazing and it's almost like, why would you not do this? Number one, they have to be open to it. They have to be open to an opportunity. And if they're not, they're not, no matter what I say, they just don't, they're just kind of content in their little, you know, status quo of what they've been doing and they don't want to, they don't want to budge. They don't want to move. Um, so that's really the number one thing. I'm happy where I'm at. I really don't see the need to move, and um, I think that's probably that's probably the number one reason. You know, people are really just they don't complacent. they don't like change as much. Yeah, they're complacent. Complacent. Well, you know, it's fascinating what you said, and I think that's true. And I think that's true for a lot of people that we deal with in coaching. Sometimes a lot of people that will join the coaching program, and even though they're paying us, they won't do anything with the information. It happens, fortunately, not that frequently, or they'll just take this and that, and they won't really apply the whole system. And it's because they're just don't, they don't want to be uncomfortable. They don't realize that complacency is a killer in life in general. If you're complacent with your health, if you're complacent with your finances, if your relationships, that's how you lose the things that you think you have locked down. Is you just basically take them for granted, 
And during a time of change, like with the real estate, some of you, again, you're going to be listening to this in the future. I realize that, and I'm not trying to be insensitive to you, uh, those of you listening in the future. But the reality of it is, is the real estate market is going to take a very serious reset. It's, it, you know, everyone was, you know, oh, it's not going to happen. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's going to happen in earnest over the next few years. And that's where you're going to see all these agents who are, I'm good. I don't need to change. I'm comfortable. Or brokerages even. I got it all figured out. That's where you're going to start seeing cracks in a lot of the foundations of the things that could only survive during a booming seller's market. So EXP mm-hmm. is an alternative for the traditional route of um, the brokerage model. And bro- here's another cool thing. So, I mean, just round roundabout to kind of summarize the revenue share thing, it really does mm-hmm. create with really not a lot of effort from what I've been able to perceive at this point at least. Mm-hmm. It doesn't create it, – it creates a, a huge opportunity for agents who are willing to have multiple streams of income. It creates income for agents who are – like, look, guys, I, I'll tell you a real, trick, real quick uh, coaching story. One of the top producing agents in the country, her business was 100% based on prospecting. Uh, over-the-phone mm-hmm. prospecting, Fizbo's expired, stuff that's highly effective that all of you should be doing, but very few of you do, the reality, right? So she gets laryngitis, and she goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, don't talk. Well, guess what? Her whole livelihood was dependent on her ability to talk. She didn't listen, um, and it, it just got to the point where literally she couldn't talk for a month. So during the time when she was um, forced to be mute, she sends me an email, and she would heard Julie and I talk about the fact that you need to have multiple spokes of – uh, lead generation. You can't just be solely dependent on one source of leads. Bicycle wheel, spokes in the wheel, each spoke represents a source of business. That's kind of the summarization of that analogy. The same goes true, listeners, to those of you have been listening to a long time who bought our book or in our coaching program. The same goes true even more so when it comes to income. Because here's what happens. And I realize that most of you have not lived through a real estate recession before. Most of you have just been in the business for 10 years or newer. What happens is the slow the closings take longer. The banks become just jerks about approvals. The appraiser, appraisals start shooting down deals. The number one listing agent in Greenwich, Connecticut is a coaching client, and I read on Bloomberg the other day that they have now determined that Greenwich, Connecticut, one of the richest areas on the planet where the average sale price is measured in the millions, is now considered a distressed area. And I absolutely understand why, because most of his sellers are losing 50, 60% of the, what they paid on the house. I'm talking about, guys, a $10 million house barely selling for four and a half. If that's happening in these really expensive areas around the country, don't think it's not going to happen to you. And what that results in is closings become more difficult. Sellers become more difficult. Short sales are back. Banks are going to start getting real persnickety, like I just said. Lenders are going to fail. Brokerage, all these things happen. It's a cyclical, very predictable, no one should be surprised kind of thing. If you don't have multiple sources of income, and I get why many of you don't because it's not easy to do. Trust me, the rental property route is the route Julie and I followed for the past 30 years. But if you don't have multiple sources of income, how are you going to survive those times? Like the gal who got laryngitis. She didn't have multiple sources of leads, and when she couldn't talk, she basically ran her business into the ground for 90 days until she got physically better and able to speak again. And like I said, that's, she reached out to us, and she wanted to learn how to create multiple sources of leads. And you know, she did, and she has, and now she can actually take some time off. This is what we're expressing to all of you, is it does create an opportunity for you to have a future that's potentially a hell of a lot brighter than it would otherwise be if you're just basically – you know, you're having to always be susceptible to the ebbs and the flows in your local market and the national market. It is a huge difference, guys, so just seriously consider it. 
and I think I really like what you said about the complacency because that's really a huge it, that's a huge problem. And, and most agents don't make a decision, or most people don't do anything that makes them uncomfortable until the alternative to not making the decision is is more onerous than making the decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, that most people won't do anything until. Can you give another example just for fun, just like a normal meat and potatoes, normal person one, so we can all relate? On an example as as to why they wouldn't make a change. Well, I so I, I originally met you. I originally met you and your son Nicole, uh, Nicole Lincoln, and and your mm-hmm. husband at an, at an event that you guys invited us to here in Texas. And while I was there, I was just rubbing elbows, to elbows when I stand in line to get coffee, with people who were talking about how they're now able to make three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand passive per month. Oh yeah. And yeah, that and that's just like a normal story. Um, so it is. Anyone, mm-hmm. yeah, can you share, do you know of anyone sure. that like, a, yeah, please. This is what people uh, want to hear, well, right? They want to know. I just love, right, and I kind of love, like, you have people who have been in this industry for decades and with massive, um, you know, networks that, that are able to come in and do a big because of their networks. And then you have the stories I really like and, and can relate to is, like, th- this gentleman, uh, the one I really like is Philip Baird. He's... Um, just kind of like a producer in Austin, Texas, who, you know, has, has a, I believe, a daughter and I believe it's one child and, and a wife. And he's just, you know, working to make ends meet every every month in real estate production. And he he really took hold of this as something he's been with us. He's been with the XP for now, for almost three and a half years now. And he, he looked at it as something that he can do slowly and steadily, but something that he knew was going to change his life. And, um, and now he's gotten to a point where he's making at least $3,000 in revenue share a month. And that's off of things, uh, this, this, net, this, um, his downline, if you want to call it that, his organization. I'm not sure how many he has in his front line. Um, it's, def- it's less than mine. His whole organization's less than mine, but it's enough to where $3,000 has literally changed his life. And so for me to look at that story, and, and just look at the impact. I mean, you, you, when he tells the story, you feel like he's almost getting choked up because that money is impo- is very important to him and his family. It pays his mortgage and then some. And um, so to have that, he knows that this was the only company, the only brokerage, the only opportunity that, w- that was going to get him that. And he was able to look at it and say, look, if I can just, you know, talk to maybe five agents um, or – you know, get five agents into my organization over the course of the next year that could change my life, and he was able to do that. And so I, I like hearing those stories, those little stories. I mean, I have. Me too. Uh, They're fun. Yeah, and 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 he talks about how his children or his his daughter, I believe, every month he she knows revenue share that is a revenue share day to that today, Dad. And they're all happy every time the twenty second of the month rolls around, right? And it's just. Um, I like those. I personally, those stories just kind of, you know, make my heart happy because could this change your life? Absolutely. And you don't need to do too much to make it happen. Um, like you said well, earlier, it's not yeah. a lot of, it's really not a, a seemingly, you know, seemingly not a lot of work can really change your life to get, if you want to get into this portion of the XP. So um, when you're talking to some of these people that were reluctant to get in before, and I know you work mm-hmm. with your dad and you talk with a lot of agents, obviously, and you must get a lot of people that are like maybe 75% sure they want to do it. When you talk to mm-hmm. them, like, and you're knowing what they're reluctant, they're, oh, I don't like the change necessarily, or, you know, I'm confused about this or I'm confused about that. But once they 
once they get it, how long does mm-hmm. it typically take for an agent to really start seeing? Uh, we're still you and I focus on the revenue share, but obviously this is just a slice of all the things the XP has got to offer. But when they are, yeah. when they start seeing that money come in, <laughs> when they start seeing like sort of, mm-hmm. it's not like a even if they're just passively trying to uh, sponsor agents for XP, which is pretty much probably what most agents are going to do. They're not going to. I doubt if very many of them are actually going to say, "I'm going to be a recruiter and I'm just going to do this full time because they have great real estate right. careers." Or you know, so it's something mm-hmm. that just sort of happens naturally and organically for most people, I'd imagine. But when you when uh-huh. you talk with those people that you know were reluctant at first, and now they get their first, second, third, and fourth revenue share check, uh, that has mm-hmm. to be an emotional experience for you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When people are, they even thank me for making a phone call to them. Um, to that first phone call that I've made, people people will come back and just say that that call changed my life. And yeah, that does you know. Of course, that that warms my heart. But I'm just happy for them that they that they got it, and now that they're, you know, they're so happy. They're not thinking about going anywhere else ever. This is this is it. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely have those stories where people come back and say, you know what, that one phone call, that phone call changed my life. Um, so that's amazing. And I think to kind of go back to what you asked earlier, how long does that take? Um, it, it does depend on how quick they go after it, but, um, you know, definitely within a year. Within a year, if they've brought four or five people on, they can they can have, you know, depending on their production, of course, they can. it's already they've had a noticeable impact. Um, so it's been great. It's been a great ride. What's it feel like for you knowing that you can set these bigger – I can hear the emotions in your voice, by the way. You know, actually, I was going to ask you a different question. When I heard the emotions, I decided not to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. It's okay if you get emotional because mm-hmm. I can certainly understand it. So yeah. your, why, is it, why does it mean so much helping people like what you're doing? Why, where does that come from? Oh, my gosh. I just have – personally, I just have, you know – I have a love for people. I, I want to help people realize this. I think that this is doable for anybody. I really do. And if, if you can if you can live a life that has a little bit of passive income in it to where you're not worried, you're not worried about how many homes you're going to sell next month. You still have your goals on that, and that's great, but I know what it is like, and I think anybody can relate to this, um, Feeling that feeling of oh my goodness I need to I need to continue at, at this pace and if I don't what in the heck is going to happen to my family to me you know and to have that almost glooming fear motivating you go away it's it's just an amazing thing um, so and the fear like you were mentioning earlier of what's what's happening with when this with the market you know what what's what's going to go on if I can't make if I can't have as many transactions as I did last year. And this is a way to give yourself a little bit of a safety net. So for me, it's just like if, if, if when I'm attracting an agent, I'm not looking at so much of the revenue share that I'm making. I'm looking at it as this is ultimately could change this person's life and their family's life. And that's a big deal to me, you know. So that definitely drives me when I go, uh, when I go talking to agents about EXP. You're obviously tuned in to uh, the highest and truest purpose of all this on, this, on, on our planet, right, as humans. Is uh, assuming we're not sociopaths, is being of service to other people. Because when you're being of service to other people, like hopefully we are on this podcast today, Nicole, I know we are, mm-hmm. uh, it does make you feel fulfilled. It does put you in tune with uh, a higher spirit. And um, and if it happens to make it so that people can do that through making passive income so that you remove that burden, 
of having to, that omnipresent stress of having to live a transactional-based lifestyle, well, I think that's kind of an amazing thing that really no one else has been able to do on an agent level ever in the industry before. So it is a revelation. It does feel incredible to be part of that. So I totally understand. And that's been the other thing that's really amazing about EXP is the um, the vibe. The, I've gone to two of your events. I've interviewed a bunch of you guys now. And everyone has this genuine desire almost a profound desire to help other people. And it's not just, oh, I want to recruit them and I want to get them, you know, not that. There's something different that that somehow Glenn Stanford, Glenn Stanford and everyone else has been able to manifest. Your dad certainly is a big part of it. And it's created this environment that I have not seen. I said this on another one of our interviews. I've not seen outside of church, honestly. I've never felt yeah. this level of, um, I don't know what the word is, outside of church, community, family, belonging to something. And uh, that's the thing EXP is that I, it's hard to describe unless you guys really are amongst people. But, I mean, it goes. I'm thinking back to that coffee line I was standing in when we went to Lost Pines or whatever it was. And, uh, mm-hmm. and all the people there, even they were genuinely happy for each other. There was none of this mm-hmm. butt-sniffing that typically goes on at real estate events where there's, <laughs> there's, like, there's no ego. That's the other thing that's fascinating to me. There's not this big sense of ego. Yeah. There's not people walking around with these big – you know, I have more. I have a bigger team, and I have you know more marketing and more this, the other thing. It's people are genuinely well. It's, it's your dad's slogan, right? Making real estate fun again. That's really what it feels like uh-huh. for a lot of the folks I've run into. So, yeah, I mean that's difficult and to describe, is. isn't it? The sense of community that EXP is. Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the things that makes it that way, aside from the fact that you know that you know you're able to help change somebody's life. Um, an agent's life, somebody that is in the same industry as you, and and you're able to work with them in doing that, and it's uh, that's an amazing experience in and of itself. But I think the thing about EXP that creates that is that we've eliminated we've eliminated the model of franchises and brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. So no longer is um, a, a, you know let's say a Remax or Keller Williams office or XYZ real estate fran- franchise competing with the one five miles away. You're not competing there, right? You're not competing. Who's who's going to have the most agents and the most, you know, uh, most sales every month, every week, every year? You're not competing for agents. You're not saying I'm the, you know, you're not. You you really are by eliminating that. I'm able to grow my organization across all lines, all geographic barriers, you know, and and as such, this playing field is huge for everybody. And we all know the more that everybody wins in, in our EXP world, you know, it, it, it's almost like goes around, comes around. We're able to collaborate. There's no competition among offices, and we all own a piece of it. So we know that if you help so-and-so that's maybe not even in your revenue share group or, or organization, they're in your EXP family. And if everybody's helping each other, we know it's almost like you put – I heard Jay Kinder say this. We all want to put our little fires together and create one big fire, and we can all pour into each other that way. And it does create this level of um, just this feeling of family, this feeling of everybody coming from contribution that I haven't seen before. Um, no, they're so not just words. Pretty... Those words you just said—they're not. That's the kind of that's the stuff that people have been saying for years, right? They've always said those types of things, but then as soon as you're around the people that are saying these types of things behind the scenes, because Julie and I, you know. We've been behind a lot of curtains and whatnot, different brokerages and whatnot. They'll come out and they'll say these sort of like, it, you know, 
kumbaya type thing and try to make everyone motivated. And, but just behind the scenes, they're not like that. They're very competitive. They're better, very snarky. And people might act a certain way like they're coming from a point of contribution. But it's not like that because the environment itself creates this tension between people that EXP ha- it doesn't exist. And so she just touched on a couple things, listeners, and it's, this is fascinating just from my perspective. Why would people act like that? Where's the financial motivation? If you guys want to be skeptics out there, and here it's really quite simple. A, the more people know about EXP around the country because they're licensed in all 50 states and they're licensed in Canada, the more people know about EXP, the easier it is for people to have conversations about EXP. You, if you decide to become an EXP agent, for example. But the other reason is, is because the more people that join EXP, hypothetically, the better the stock is going to do. And everybody is, you know, that's in EXP is essentially an owner in the company, and they're invested in the stock. So there are financial motivations behind people uh, being sort of constantly, um, you know, proponents of EXP once you're involved in it. That's the difference. That's there's there's like a there's an, an engine that's at work here that hasn't been present in real estate ever before, and that's the reason they've gone from you know five thousand agents and how many were involved when you were joined three and a half years ago, Nicole? What was the number you said? It was about four hundred and thirty agents when we that's joined. That, that's like yeah, that's crazy. like an office meeting. <laughs> right. No, seriously. It's amazing, isn't it? Seriously. It's amazing. So, it, it was literally, I mean, it was, nobody had a clue what EXP Realty was, not even a clue. And um, and, and it, it was funny because my dad was coming from an office that he ran what, that had more agents than, e, than EXP had a, as a whole. So it was, it was um, you know, to look back at that, it's just unbelievable what it's done. I know what you're thinking. You're very curious, especially now that you're learning more about the revenue share model that EXP offers. Go ahead and text the word EXP to 31996. Just go ahead and do that now. Just text the word EXP to 31996, and we'll text you back a quick video that explains everything you need to know about EXP in just a quick seven-minute video, and we'll also give you access to having additional questions answered. So while you're thinking about it, go ahead and text the word EXP to 31996. Do that now, EXP 31996. I, I wrote this down earlier, and I didn't mention it. I, I, I want to drive something down, uh, really clarify a point I made earlier. You and I were talking about different ways of creating a passive income, which most people, not just real estate people, never do. But I want to share with you guys a little something. If you wanted to make uh, around 800 to $1,000 from a rental property situation, this has been Julie and I's formula for, like I said, we've been married for almost 30 years. So this is what we've been doing. Our plan always was to have, and we accomplished it, to have enough paid-off rental properties. If we chose to no longer work, we wouldn't have to. Our money was working for us. We no longer had to work for our money. It is not a straight arrow because there's vacancies, because there's repairs. But here's the little, here's the thing that I want all of you to remember. Now, we buy properties all over the country. You have to spend around $150,000 to $160,000, so listen to what I'm saying, listeners, to make around $800 to $1,000 net off one rental property. That's what the property paid off. So you have to spend 150 to 160,000 in cash to, in order to basically make 800 to 1,000 bucks, assuming it's rented, assuming there's no repairs against the property. That should be net after property taxes, and I'm not taking into consideration any HOAs or anything like that. So, what are the probability of any of you, or very many of you, being able to purchase with cash enough rental properties? Produce enough passive income to cover all of your personal monthly overhead. Maybe it's five thousand, maybe it's seventy-five hundred, ten thousand. I've had coaching clients who had personal overheads of, you know, 
50,000, 60,000. What, what are the probabilities of you ever being able to step away from selling real estate, transactional income, to uh, basically live off passive income considering what it takes, the formula of what it takes? Oh, Tim, you can get into multifamily investing and whatever, whatever. And you can. That's true. But the formula is basically the same. So listeners, here's the bottom line. Those of you who are getting into real estate, those of you who have been in real estate for a long time, those of you who are essentially you know, thinking about how do I get out of real estate, you've got to be looking at your alternative in sources of income. And as the economy starts to change, the housing market starts to change, from a and my heart and soul is, even though we haven't, Jules and I haven't sold real estate in forever, my heart and soul is a real estate agent, a practitioner. We did that for 10 years. So I still think in the, you know, that's where I come from. And had I known about this, uh, when Julie and I started in real estate tw uh, two decades ago, I don't think I would have bought rental properties. I can guarantee you I wouldn't have bought rental properties. I wouldn't have, maybe for tax reasons. Because this is more of a clean, easy, <laughs> you know, there's no toilets yeah. to worry about. There's no home warranties to renew. There's no tenants that are, you know, worrying. There's none of that. You, this, mm -hmm. So for those of you who have not yet secured any kind of retirement income or have not yet gotten to where you wanted to be financially, um, you need to seriously consider this. It just makes sense. Does your broker offer anything like this now? No. You know, so what are your alternatives out there in terms of other opportunities to be a part of something like this? None exists. I haven't seen any in the last two decades. I haven't. There's been nothing like this in the real estate mm -hmm. industry, industry for the last two decades. Maybe there will be 40 years from now, but I could give a rat's ass at that point. <laughs> so, Nicole, <laughs> right. anything you'd like to say to the listeners as we head off um, back no. into uh, our worlds? Anything else you'd like to say to all of our podcast listeners? I really appreciate your time, by the way. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you got you for having me, Tim. I, I guess I'd just say um, to kind of piggyback off that, I just always ask people, you know, really you're not risking anything to get – we're independent contractors. You're not risking anything to try this out and to, to see how how amazing and how life-changing it could be, with the exception of if you're a broker, maybe your ego for your brokerage. But that 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 really is it. Your other brokerages, they will probably welcome you back with open arms. Should this not work, you're really not risking anything. And I just think, speaking from personal experience, it's just it's one of those opportunities that is an opportunity of a lifetime. So I would just encourage anybody to at least look into it with an open mind because it could be, you know, the best decision of your life. So and by the way, there are, there are, I had some of my uh, brokers that I personally coach who I know are having conversations with you guys because they want to convert their entire brokerage DXP, and we should have talked about this earlier, my fault for not talking about it, is that independent brokers, if you want to keep your branding, because I know it's a big deal for some of you, you know, Bob Smith Real Estate, been here for thir you know, three generations, that's fine. In just in small a small font, it's going to say brokered by EXP. So you can actually switch DXP and keep your own branding. They have uh, made it so that there's no, like, it's not like buying a franchise. It's not like they're going to come in and say, you need to change everything to red, and you need to put in countertops that are this tall. None of that. You can run your business exactly the way you know how to run your business. You're just part of the EXP family. So just for what it's worth, that's yep. something else you all need to consider. Hey, Nicole, I really appreciate it. I had some fun. Hopefully you did, too. I did. Thank you so much. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.